This is To The Max Podcast, sponsored by Ignite. To The Max is designed for those of you who desire to become a higher expression of yourself. You will learn, laugh, and listen to information that will stretch you from center to circumference. I am your host, Dario Melton. Everything in creation has been designed to grow to its fullest potential. God is in the business of maximizing. You are the highest expression of his creation. It's time for you to go to the max. There is greatness inside of you. To walk with God is to walk with the maximizer. Every step on the journey, the maximizer is making you greater and stronger. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can imagine according to the power that is at work in you. God is in the business of taking you to the max. Well, good morning. This is another episode of To The Max brought to you by Ignite. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. For today, you can become what you've never been before. You can go where you've never gone before. You can do what you've never done before. Get up today knowing that you can be a higher expression of yourself. Let's begin our conversation that we started on last week. Let's continue the dialogue that we've been having thus far. And I hope you have been taking heed to that which has been spoken and trying to apply these principles um, and these philosophies up to your life for you to become a higher expression of what it means to be you. No one knows what it takes to be you. No one knows what it means to be you. You are the only person who can define what it means to be who you are. Yes, I know you have people who attempt to try to tell you who you are and in their failed attempts to try to define you, you may have lost yourself, lost who you are and lost perspective about your life. I want to talk to you today about the compound effect. The compound effect that we all have in our lives. But before we even begin to to talk about that, I, it is important for me to say to you that you don't have to be sick to get better. It's important that I say to you that there is nothing wrong with you. Now take that in with a deep breath. Because we are so critical of ourselves and if things are not going the way that we would have hoped for them to go or we would have believed for them to go we are quick to criticize ourselves no it doesn't matter what other people say what matters is when you take what other people say and you apply that to yourself or you receive that as truth that is the most critical thing you can do to you. So in order for you to go where you've never gone before, to do what you've never done before, for you to become what you've never been before, you have to make sure that you don't become a harsh critic of yourself. And the reason why you're so easy to criticize yourself is um, you know you. 
and you know what you're capable of doing, you can only get upset with you when you fall short of your ability. Now, if you know you can't lift 200 pounds and if you get on the weight bench and you attempt to get the bar off the bench and it doesn't move, you don't criticize yourself and say, look how sorry you are. Look how pathetic you are. No, you don't do that because you know you've only been lifting 100 pounds for the last 10 years. So you don't expect yourself to do 200. Could you do 200? Eventually. But right now, where you are in life, you know what you are capable of. And so that's why that critical judgmental spirit um, towards self is so prevalent. It's because you know what you are capable of doing. Only you know when you're slacking. Because you can put on airs and you can put on fronts and you can pretend for other people that you are giving your all. What do I mean by giving your all? Giving your all in the assignment that you have in the midst of the group, on the on the team. Um, you can you can be faking the funk, I guess. You can be doing that when it comes to the family. That you can be appearing to put forth effort, but the family is not getting the higher expression or the higher um the higher ability that you have to be present in the moment that you give them enough just to get by. And it's sad enough to say many of us are going through life doing enough just to get by because at least at least, at least if I do a, enough to get by, then I don't have to worry about other people criticizing, but every night I had to lay down with myself. I had to lay down with me and I have to think to myself that I actually do the best of my ability. So I want to say to you today, it all adds up. After understanding you got the, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to be sick to get better. You know, it, it amazes me. We go to the doctor and the doctor say some of us, I would say some of us, not all of us, because some of us are just stubborn and we, we're going to do what we want to do. We go to the doctor and the doctor say, you're borderline diabetic or let's continue to watch your blood pressure because it seems like you may um, become hypertensive or have hypertension. And so we'll begin to change our diets. Some of us, and I say that that lightly, some of us will begin to change our diets. Because some of us have the attitude where it's going to happen to me anyway, so it's nothing I can do anything about it. And that is an excuse. Yes, life happened. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to do something about what happens to you. For some of us, we would do all we can to try to prevent ourselves from becoming a diabetic, to try to present ourselves or prevent ourselves from having hypertension. And so we exercise, we cut back off the salt, um, we we do more cardiovascular things, uh, we cut up off the we cut back off the sugar and the carbohydrates. We do all these things trying to maintain health. But prior to the doctor telling us we were borderline, um, had these borderline conditions, we absolutely live life the way we wanted to do it because it was our life it was our body and we decided to do it the way we want to do it well let me say this to you when it comes to your life when it comes to becoming a higher expression of yourself let me say this to you um nothing has to be wrong with you 
for you to make up your mind say, I'm, I'm about to do something about the situation. Because what I want to say to you today, <coughs> if you're really good at something, and you know what you're good at. I can't tell you what you're good at, um, but you know what you're really good at, what you enjoy doing, what you find, where you find great success at. If you're really good at it, you ought to want to be better at it. Think about that for a moment. If I'm really good at it, I ought to want to become better at what I'm good at. That it shouldn't have to say it shouldn't have to take for me saying that I'm bad in the, in the area. No, I'm not going to focus on my areas, which I would call not weaknesses. There's no such thing as weaknesses. You are a child of God. There's no such thing as weaknesses. You are highly gifted, highly favored, highly talented. So you're not weak. I would say you have areas, perhaps, which we would call non-strengths. I use myself, for example, I'm not, um, I don't consider myself a, 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 a summist or a singer. Um, I don't consider myself that. And many others who have heard me sing might think the same thing. They know you, you, you're not a vocalist. You're, you're not, you're not a, a singer, although I will sing, but I know that is a non-strength of mine. But on the other end, when it comes to public speaking, I have no issue standing before crowds and saying whatever the moment call for. So what do I do? Do I focus and try to practice on making my singing better? No. What I should focus on is making my public speaking presentation better. So when I do stand before people, I'm better at what I do because singing is not what I do. It's public speaking is what I do. So if I'm speaking publicly, I should work on that skill set, which I'm good at. And, and let me say this to you. You can always get better. You can always get better. There's no such thing as you've arrived. You can always get better. And while others may appear or may appear to others that you have perfected what you're doing, you know, in the depths of your being that this come natural to you. So it's really not a challenge to you, which means you have to look deeper. You have to look deeper to find things that you can work on that can strengthen you in your strength, that can make you stronger in the area that you're strong in. Too many of us, we major on the manner. We major on the manner because we see everybody else doing it and we want to do what they're doing. But here's the good news to you today, this morning. What's the good news to you is you may like what they are doing, but they can't do what you're good at. They can't do it like you. See, we can spend so much time focusing on what other people are doing. We forget what our gifts and what our talents are. So I want to challenge you today to find that strength, just one strength, because you have many. And you may not even consider them strengths because you so naturally do it. For instance, engaging with people, communicating with people. Being an effective listener, knowing how to engage people. Yes, truly or not, um, believe it or not, there is, that's a skill set. That's a talent because some people just don't know how to talk to other people. 
they just don't know how to approach people they're so rude they're so they're they're they're, they're so they're so um demeaning when they speak with people why because they need to learn a skill set or they need to improve upon an area on how to deal with people you cannot be a public success you cannot be a public leader and not like people now let me do this on the flip side of the reverse not only it does your public communication matter but your private communication matter. If you don't know how to talk and to deal with those who are close to you, those are areas you need to work on because communi communication is a natural part of life. No, you don't have to be a public speaker, but you got to learn how to communicate. And if all of us can take that just for, for a lesson or for an area to, to grow in, I think we'll have a better society, a better world, if we all would just focus on being more effective communicators. Being more effective communicators. Why is that important? Because ever since you were born, you've been communicating. When you were hungry or when you had spoiled your di diaper, you cried. There was a form of communication. You threw temper tantrums. That was a sign of communication. Now, you should not be an adult and still having temper tantrums, which means you fail in learning how to become a more effective communicator because you could get your point across without having temper, temper tantrums, without getting angry, without falling out, without, without, without shunning people. You can get out what you need to be saved. So, again, there's nothing wrong with you. Those areas of strength that you need to grow in. And so what is this, what do I mean at all as, uh, what is this compound effect? What, is, what it is is that the greatness that you have inside of you, it should be the impetus ep uh, for your improvement. That because you know you have greatness in you, that should be what gives you the impulse to want to get better. That you're not getting better because people are telling you you need to get better. You're getting better because greatness is driving you to become better. That is a sign of greatness inside of you. That I'm not getting better because I'm worrying about how much they're going to pay me for what's inside of me. I'm not getting better based off what other people are saying. But I'm getting better because that which is inside of me is, 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 is driving me. It's pushing me. To become a higher version, a higher expression of this talent, this gift, this strength that I have. And so now I can rest with, with this greatness that I have inside of me. And that's how you know you have it. The reason you know you got greatness, you're never comfortable with being where you are. No, it's not the job that's frustrating you. It's not the classroom that's frustrating you. What is frustrating, frustrating you is that greatness inside of you will not become complacent with where you are right now. Do a self-examination. It's really not the, your co-workers. Your co-workers keep reminding you that you are greater than what you're in. Because when you sit down in the, at, the, at lunch and you look around everybody at the table, you have nothing in common with them except for you work at the same place. Which means to you, then your greatness should not be driven 
by a paycheck. That's what many of us miss it. We believe that we should get skills to get paid. And yes, we have to we have to have income for life. But at the same token, you cannot sacrifice your skills, your your giftedness, your talent off a paycheck. Because if you exercise your gift, your skills and your talent, you have those skills and talent because somebody needs your skills and talent. Here's the issue that you're having. Yes, I'm going to dare tell you the issue that you're having this morning. The issue that you're having this morning is that the people who need your skills, the people who need your gifting, the people who need your talent, they don't know they need it yet. Why don't they know they need it yet? Because you haven't presented it yet. Number one. Number two, the timing may not be right. See, your gift is not necessary until there's a crisis. Let me reverse that again. You are necessary when there's a problem. Gifts are not uh, uh, of skills and talents are not there just to sit up on the shelf, but they're there because they address an issue or problem that individuals or people have. So then you may have not been exposed or your gift or talents may have not been exposed to the right people because everybody is not against you. And see, it's easy for us to focus on the magnitude of people. It seems like everybody wants to be a celebrity. Everybody wants to be a star. If you are a Christian and if you are a believer. Now, I know this may shake you from center to circumference. None of us are stars. Whoa. None of us are superstars. There is only one star inside of our, on our team. You know what his name is. There's only one star on our team. We do what we do. Why? Because we're servants. Nothing more, nothing less. And the greater you strengthen yourself, that talent, the more of a servant you become. Jesus said it this way, to whom much is given, much is required. So the more I understand and I sharpen my gifting, my, my skill sets, the tools that God has given me, the more I take on servanthood. No, I'm not getting gifted and talented and, and developing myself for others to serve me, but I'm doing, I'm getting better. And here, here's, here's, here's the paradox. I'm getting better so I can serve more. I'm not getting better so I can get more. I'm getting better so I can give more. Mm, let that sink in for a moment. I get better at what I do, not for me to get more money, not for me to get more fame, not for people to applaud me, but I get better at what I'm doing so I can be more effective at serving people. That is the mindset you have to have. If you're going to go to the max, that is the mindset you have to have. If you're going to reach a higher expression of yourself, that I'm doing what I am doing, not to get from people, but I'm doing what I'm doing to give to people. And if we all had that mindset and understand that everybody who sits at the table has something to give. You don't sit at the table as if you don't have anything. 
stop measuring yourself based off of who sits at the table. All of your gifts are necessary. All of your gifts are necessary if you're at the table. So then my, my greatness inside of me should be the, the impetus um, or the impulse for my improvement. And I can improve on that areas or those areas that I'm good at. That I'm good at. See, many of us, we are, and I de we'll deal with that on a whole nother episode, but many of us, we're not focused. We're all over the place. I want to tell you that they find one good thing that you're good at it. And I want you to keep getting better. That when you do it, it seems effortless. Why? Because you spend time doing what you're good at. It's your craft. You're an artist at what you're doing now. You know exactly how to do it, when to do it, when to say it. And you know how, how forceful to say it and when to pull back. That's gifting. That's skill set. Th that is stuff that we should be doing based off of the strengths that we have. So then what are the specific things in that area of your life will make you better? What will make you better in that area of your life? That's how you start strengthening yourself. Now, if I, if I take this right here and I learn how to be more effective at suspending the story, I'm sharpening that skill set I have. If I learn to be more effective with the illustrations that I give, now I'm being more effective as a public speaker. If I learn how to use my cadence when I'm speaking, because everything does not need to be loud. You can be as effective as you want to speaking softly. It's not how loud we talk, but we can bring a room to steal by lowering the volume on our voices. And when we want to pump people up and prime them up, we change the inflection in our voices. And so that's a skill that we need to work on. People are moved by conversation. But when you are very persuasive in your, your speaking, that's why rhetoric is a skill set. That if you're a public speaker, you should be a, stud, a student of rhetoric. How you can move people off of words because words do matter. So not only that, I need to develop my vocabulary. If I'm going to be a public speaker, I have to develop my vocabulary. I can't be weak with words or shallow with words. If I'm going to be an effective communicator, I have to have a broad, a broad, um, a broad spectrum of words. If I'm going to be effective and not only that, know how to use the words. I'm talking about growing. I'm talking about making all things add up. I'm talking about the compound impact. In fact, that if you keep working these skills and you keep growing and you keep adding different things to that one strength that you know you have. Okay, I'm working on my diction now. I struggle with pronouncing certain, certain syllables and, and, and certain, certain words, so let me work on that. So it can be flawless when I speak them. That people who hear me later will never know I had this issue with articulation, with diction. They would never know why, because I worked on it. I became better at what I was strong in. So it's important for you to understand everything you do, 
you can improve in. You can improve in absolutely everything that you do. And so if I have that mindset that nothing is wrong with me, I just need to focus on what my strengths are. And you know what those strengths are. You know what, imagine if you would just take one area in your life that you knew you were good at and just focus on that for the next year. See, we want a quick fix. Oh, I'm just going to focus on it for a few weeks. No, focus on it to, for a whole year, even when it's boring to you. Keep doing it. Why? It becomes boring to you because you think you have achieved it. You become effective at it, but keep doing it. So when you stand up, you don't think about it. You just naturally change it, change inflection. That it's not, it's not a practice speech that you're doing, but what you're doing, it becomes natural that you can feel the speech when you're in it, that you can feel what you're talking about. That you can feel the wind that's blowing while you're talking and your voice is fighting against the wind. Those are the types of things we have to do to become greater at that which we do. If you're a cook, you know you can make those cakes better. People are bragging about your cakes and how good they are. But why not experiment and say, well, maybe if I take some of this sugar out and put another type of sweetener in for them, they will have the same taste or a better taste without gaining weight, without worrying about their, di um, their, 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 their glucose or their sugar levels raising up. Those are the type of things we have to do to become better at what we're doing. What makes you so good as an athlete? They keep practicing. They practice what they're good at. Basketball players, NBA players who are great at scoring the basket. They shoot the basketball almost every day. Some hundreds of shots a day, some thousands of shots a day. They're already good at it. They're professional, but guess what? They're still practicing. So what's your excuse? Why are you not a professional at what you're doing? At? Whatever God has put in your life, he put in your life for you to be the expert at that what you're doing. No, the other people are not the expert. You don't have to, other folks, well, we're going to listen to what the experts are saying. No, other people who have perfected that what you are doing or other people who have grown in that what you're doing, it's not that they are better than you. They just practice more than you. Now they can talk to you about how they practice. That's how this thing works. You are the expert. And all this stuff is adding up. The more you keep strengths that you find, you become a greater person, a higher expression of yourself. You become more attractive now to people. You start getting phone calls that you never thought you'd get before. You start getting invited to places that you thought you'd never get invited to for. Not that the places make you, but your gift, the Bible says, is making room for you. See, we all as Christians talk about this gift that we have. And we always holler and scream and we perpetrate talking about our gift is going to make room for us. But a gift that is not being sharpened. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> your gift, if it's not being sharpened, it's going to sit up on the shelf. 
You never pulled out the instrument and play it, the guitar and never play it, and not becoming perfected at playing the screens. You never sit down at the keyboard and practice and become very effective at tickling that keyboard. If you don't become effective at using your gift, your gift will become useless. Not that it has no power of significance, but it's not it's not useful useful for those people who need it because your gift is immature. Your gift is immature. That's why we have different levels that we have to go through. You go through, as a child, you play sports. Then you go over to middle school. You go to high school. Some go to college. Or some, if you're baseball, you may go for, go to college or go to the minor leagues. Then you go to the professional league. That there's different at different levels in life. You learn different skill sets to help you get further, so you can become an expert or professional at that what you're doing. You can't say just because I sing, I'm just going to start singing. I'm never going to practice on singing. What do I mean? Now I need to learn how I need to start exercising. Why? So I can have more oxygen and more depth when I sing. That I'm not tired and out of breath when I'm singing. That I can hold notes longer at the right time. Why? Because now my lung capacity is stronger. That I'm not getting sore in the throat because now I'm learning how to sing more from my diaphragm. That's kind of, these are the things that matter. If we're going to be affected at that which we are doing. You say, well, I don't have those type of skills and gifts that you're talking about. Even in business, what can I do now to make this customer feel more at one with us? to make them feel this experience they've never experienced before, to say that we are the ones they want to patronize. How can I make this a more pleasant experience? What do I have that draw people to me? Let me strengthen that in my business. Because if they keep coming back for my barbecue sauce, let me perfect this sauce and make it that they'll never want to eat anybody else's sauce. We're talking about the compound effect and how all this it's adding up. I hope you're listening this morning. I hope you're listening. Because the final thing I will say to you is not the great gains that make the difference. It's the marginal gains. What I mean marginal gains. It's just a little bit of gains that over time, the more small gains you have, the more the small gains become bigger gains. I just grew a little itch right here. Now, 12 months later, each month I grew an inch. So if it's 12 months later, that means I grew a whole foot in a year. But when I first started off, I didn't see myself growing that far. I just saw this one inch as being insignificant. I just do it to get by. But if I have the attitude to know the more these marginal victories, marginal gains that I participate in, I'm becoming more effective. It may seem insignificant at first. It may seem very insignificant. But you'll know the difference when you see how great the response become. That when you're a public speaker, and any public speaker can attest to this, when you can silence the room and seem like you have everybody eating out of your hand, all that practicing all those marginal gains have not made the difference because now you have their attention. And when you have people attention, 
you can deposit inside of them a part of who you are. That you can help them to believe that they can become what they've never become before. That they can do what they've never done before for they and for them to go where they've never gone before. It's been a great day talking to you. Look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Max Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Ignite. Be sure to visit ignite.club. That's I-G-N-Y-T-E dot C-L-U-B to join the conversation and access additional content that will take you to the max.